Yeah, let's get started. So we're going to do uh, manual versus IDI pros and cons, motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the OBS Truckery Podcast. I'm your host, John, with Carrot Customs, and we have... Your other host, Devin, with OBS Solutions. Yeah, today we're going to talk about some... We got just kind of a smorgasbord of right, things to go right. over. Yeah, uh, looking at the list here, we're going to hit the manual versus autos or autos versus manuals. We should uh, call Paul Rutledge on this one. Yeah. Uh, if you want to drive if you want to drive a manual, you'd better just get a Peterbilt. Yeah, we don't do manuals around these parts. So, uh, and then we're going to talk about <laughs> IDI pros and con- God, cons. Okay, we're going to skip over that one. Uh, we have <laughs> interior mods. I, ha- I know we had some gentlemen... Uh, ask us some questions about door hinges how we set them up we're, we're actually looking at your messages people so send us in what you want us to talk about or go over we may not know everything in this world of obs truck parts but if we can at least do some research and get you some info we will do it uh and the last one is full this is what i want to talk about I'm going to scroll the shit out of this one. It's full-size Bronco overlanding. And I love how you put hash, the hashtags Toyota because in, in in the parts around where John lives. Oh, my gosh. If you aren't rocking a Toyota with a CVT, you just ain't cool, right? Yeah, or a, or a Subaru Crosstrek <laughs> with a CVT. I like how they're lifting Subarus now. Like, oh, yeah. you're seeing small lifted Subarus running around. Like, I picture, like, is that like I'm going to go get my granola and be a badass, too? Is that is yeah, that what that it's is? just the latest new trend if you go to the west side of Bend. I mean, and you either drive a lifted Subaru or you probably have a lifted Subaru and a decked out Sprinter van sitting in okay. the driveway. Or a Ford Raptor that, yeah. that just stays on blacktop. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Bend's a unique place. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for following along, listening along. Uh, we will guide you through this shit show we call the OBS Truckery Podcast and uh, hopefully... We have a good time. Yeah, definitely. Are you hearing that? Yeah, dude. I got some static on my line. Is that mine? Yours? Nope. Nope. Oh, there it is. Oh, man. Look at that. We're safe. Uh, I think we should... We we didn't do the marketplace moment last time because it... Kind of, we had a lot to go over. Well, when you bring Kenny Bucket in, it's it's gonna <laughs> take a long time to get all that knowledge out of that big German brain of his. I know. I love. I it still cracks me up how he would not let us talk about the suspension stuff that we really wanted to dive into on the uh, cowboy truck. Mm-mm. I think he, he saw, that. No. saw the wheels turning in the head. It was like ah ah ah. We talk about air air stuff. Yeah, like airbags and stuff or air yeah air ride. He would not go down <laughs> that road. He he like held us back. We only let Kenny out every once in a while. <laughs> we have a chain and like you're like no mm-mm, not today Kenny not today not today. So he is probably right now as we speak on marketplace moment searching for something to buy or sell or flip or trade. So. Anyway, let's, uh, okay, here we go. Marketplace moment. You sent me this, uh, this 95 Ford F-250 crew cab short bed, uh, white with that royal blue. I don't know what the, the exact color name is. I don't know. That, you, I'm, I'm sure we can call some, someone to geek out on it. Like, what is this? Oh, did you know they only made eight million of the royal blues <laughs> in this color you like i'm like oh god yes i needed to know that thank you <laughs> did you know that you know we actually before dogging on that too much <laughs> we did get a question asking like production numbers on different things 
and I didn't show it to you this morning because... Because okay. uh, I flip out? <laughs> no, because I don't think either one of us know it, and we would have to do more research to really find out. I think that's a Paul and Chris number. I know I was totally. talking to one of those guys. They had told us or told me that the numbers that were produced and this and that and this, you know... Those, Dude, they get so twisted up on the numbers and the colors and the schemes, which I love. Oh, totally. But it's, it's like, it's, it's almost like a, a picture like as, as, as they have kids, like they're going to their bedtime stories are going to be for their kids. Like, <laughs> okay, everyone, did you know that, you know, in 1998 or 96, <laughs> they only produced this many of these. Oh, so those guys are, they have all that knowledge. They're, they're totally a wealth of knowledge. Oh yeah. When it comes to that. Um, and I appreciate that because I don't have to know it. You know, in the sense of like, if I have a question, I just call Paul or Chris and I'm like, hey, what's the deal with this? And uh, and how many of these were there? Like, what should I do? Hey, Chris, how many or hey, Paul, how many uh, centurions did they make uh, in this color? I just need that because I'm playing I'm playing a game of uh, <laughs> some fucking board game. And I need to know this answer. Oh, yeah. But uh, so this truck, um, first off, it's uh, it's listed for eleven five. It doesn't seem that unreasonable, but it looks pretty dang clean. Uh, the we just have to throw this out here for for people that make make postings here. This is located in Eugene. There is one picture, and the description says seven point three liter power stroke auto clean title straight axle swap Dana sixty trade for Toyota Four Runner or Four by Four Toyota. If you really want to sell or trade your vehicle. Post a bunch of pictures. Dear God, yes. And write a description that that gives people an explanation of what this truck is because you're just going to get annoyed with how many messages you get like, hey, can you send me more pictures? Hey, can you give me the maintenance records? Like, I want a rundown of what's been done to this truck. For, for this little Irish guy, I'm, I'm a stoked when people just have pictures of the frame area or if yeah. they have pictures of the bed, inside the bed, that'll tell me a lot of like how it spent its life. Maybe some pictures of the paint around the hood and the cowling that I know that it wasn't faded out sitting under a tree or something or, you know, like it, it's been, had needles, pine needles up against the windshield and it's rotted it out. Just some pictures. That's all we ask. If you're going to sell something, Great. One picture it up. Great. If you don't want to sell it, just just don't put any pictures on there. But if you want to sell something, multiple pictures would help. I'm telling you, I would go buy this truck right now because crew cab short boxes like yours, John, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of them out there. And I've I told know. people before on this podcast, crew cab short boxes and almost, you know, extended cabs. Oh, you mean the club cabs? Yes. Uh, Club cab, extended cab truck, short boxes, three quarter ton is my jam, dude. That is even you more rare. Bought jacks. Kick myself. That was a rad truck, and the color combo is awesome. But these trucks that are, you know, crew cab, long boxes. There's a lot more of them around here, but the when it's a short box, either in a crew or an extended cab, club cab. It doesn't matter. There, le- there's less of them out there, and so when I see something like this on the marketplace, I'm like, "Ooh, dude, it's, all, it's like it looks good." And then I go look at other pictures, and there's no pictures mm. except one, which yeah. makes me think: Is he hiding something? Is it a total pile of shit, or is it? Uh, I mean, it maybe, doesn't look like a total no. pile of shit. Or maybe it's just an older guy that doesn't have the time to take more pictures and just wants to talk to people about his truck. Like, I'm just gonna fish for people. I'm gonna put one picture, and I can't wait for the questions to come in. Yeah. Is it still for sale? Can I get more pictures? How long have you owned it? 
It's um, got an edge badge underneath the power stroke uh-oh. badge. She's all tuned up. And so this, the one thing, this wouldn't ever stop me from buying this truck, but the thing that I look at is the back door windows. When they're factory mirrored windows, they're so hard to find just the clear ones because you can't get the tint off of those factory mirrored. And when you tint the windows, they don't look the same front and rear. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sucks. And I don't, I was kind of, look into this we always save all the trucks that come through we save the glass out of them mm-hmm. if it's crew cab and they've got clear glass we save that oh I know same there's a bunch of people that do the same i don't know i was gonna ask a glass shop can you get the rear glass yeah i find that hard no. to believe really well as far as i know um you can still get the front glass because i've had in my white and red truck i had mine replaced mm-hmm. uh because in Central Oregon, we get all the cinders, and it gets down in the felts of your sure. of your windows. So that's why, for those of you listening, I learned this from a, a glass, you know, auto glass places. When you wash your truck, when you're done, roll your window down and take your rag and wipe in between your the the felt the felts to get all the grime out, and it stops them from getting those like scratch marks in it. But you can still get the front ones. You from i've never found the rears and speaking of glass uh that well that sucks first of all i hope that someone's gonna start reproducing rear glass because at some point you're not gonna have yeah they're gonna have to yeah and it was funny speaking of that so we were doing the glass on one of the trucks on a front windshield we had it replaced and then the molding or chrome molding around uh around the front windshield i've been hoarding that stuff like oh, yeah. clean, clean uh, trim around your front windshield. I've been hoarding a bunch of it because it gets dinged or it gets faded out or whatever. It just takes a beating. So, do you know Chevrolets now? Like our square body Chevs, they are actually making one piece glass that has, like, you don't put a molding around it. I like. I have it's seen a seal. that. Like yeah. it's, and so eventually, I bet they, it'll start coming out for our OBS trucks because they're already doing it with Chevrolets and some older Ford stuff where it's a seal, a black seal instead of a, a trim piece. And they're doing, um, I've been seeing guys like on like the 67 through 72 Chevy trucks, instead of doing the rope seals, okay, they're they're doing full glue-in windshields so you don't see that, that goofy rope seal. Which I guess a rope seal, like it's a gasket that you have. You ever put in one of those? I never have. No. Oh man, it is so scary um, because you like run a a wet soapy rope through the the seal that goes around the windshield. Okay. And then you have to like get it started, and you pull the rope through, and you have to like kind of smack the windshield as it's going in. Gosh, I just hope this doesn't break. It's like the old school way of putting front windshields in hmm, before I'm, the glue ends. That's pretty rad. I've never seen. I've never had to do that. I'm yeah, just, I've done it once. That was enough, huh? That well, it was just like this is a fresh windshield that I just bought from LMC. I <laughs> don't want to break it, and I've never roped a windshield in. Like it and, worked. And knowing you, you had a trip to go on the next day. No, <laughs> I was actually. <laughs> I was in high school at that time. Okay. So not quite as, but I would do that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember see that going on. Uh, so any other, our marketplace moment, 
uh awesome truck it from one picture i can see right uh it's already straight axled which hey if you guys haven't started looking for dana 60s uh ball joint dana 60s um i like the later years that had a better caliper setup yeah with the two bolts versus yeah, the, the slide pins yeah dude, if you try to find those right now they're impossible people are like they're people have used them up and they're getting le- there's less and less about there same thing with 05 and up axles we're like that's a big struggle right now finding good pricing on those but this truck already has that yep and that's a great platform to start I would be totally down for buying that if there was more pictures. I know. So I don't want to drive all the way to Eugene for one picture. Yeah, I agree. So have them drive it to you. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I want to see your truck. Bring it over. Yeah, I'm sure Lisa would love another truck sitting here. That would throw me for a loop if I was selling something and and somebody was like, "Yeah, uh, I want to check it out. Just drive it over. This is my address." <laughs> be like. <laughs> Whoa! Slow your roll, bro. Well, would you do it if he said, "Hey, I have full, I have full cash offer. I got cash here for the full meal deal. If you drive it over here and it's as nice as you tell me is, I will pay you that." But yeah, that, sure. Why not? Okay. I don't know. So, some guy said that if you're selling one of your trucks, John, and they messaged you and said, "Hey, I'll buy that. I'm, I'm like in Redmond or something like that. Drive it on over. I'll buy it." Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess I would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, next up, what do we? Got? What's up next there? Auto versus manual. Oh gosh. Uh, so this, I think, was something um, we've had a couple people ask about. It's been on our list of topics to go over, uh, and it's, in my opinion, it. I don't know. My opinions have changed a little lately on this one, um, and and we may have gone over a little bit of it, but there's there's pros and cons to both. Uh, I I love what. Um a guy told me, he said something like the newer trucks, like all the new stuff, the transmissions are built so differently than, than the older autos. Now you have Ford with this 10 speed and it's gnarly and you, oh, can, yeah. you know, all the new stuff you can manually upshift, downshift. I don't think we need to talk about those ones so much as it needs to be, we need to probably talk about the older stuff. I would say ZF5, ZF6s, NV5600s. We did go um, over this with Cummins Swap stuff, yeah. I remember now. I remember we talked about this, and that's kind of why, I don't know if we want to touch on it one more time, but I I don't know. People ask us, can you talk about like auto versus manual? I don't know. Do you have a fucking, like, do you like to sh- shift gears? I do. Well, then buy, an, buy an, you know, an, a manual. Do totally. you not? Do you like to drink your coffee and not have to push a pedal in when you come up to a stop sign? Well, yeah. Then get, get an automatic. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I always think is, if with enough money spent, you can make an E4OD or a 4100 on the Ford side, do whatever the hell you want and take as much power as you want. Yep. And you can have programmers like our buddy at AA Design. They can program the shift points to where you want to be um, to some point. You yeah. Know? So it's like, I mean, I think if you throw enough money at an auto, It'll do just the same as, or just be as strong as a manual at some point, you know? You you split a, a, a ZF5 in half. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's like, They're, you know, manuals, manuals are so much tougher. Well, at some point, everything breaks. Everything breaks. So, people, it's like, what everything. do you want to do? Do you like to shift gears? Great. You want know, Billy Big Rigger and, like, truck driver it? Great. Do that. If you don't, if you want to chill down and just have a cup of coffee and drive and do stop and go driving and, you know, all your stuff over the past, do an auto, but... An auto, do very good cooling, and a well-built transmission. A manual, do a solid clutch. 
Yeah, but that's the thing is though, you do a solid clutch for a high, for like a big horsepower diesel. And you're gonna, and work out that left leg. Don't skip leg day. Dude, I got this one big calf right here. <laughs> it's funny because Kenny and I, we, uh, McMinnville has this rad cruise in and um, he brought his gold digger and it's a, they shut the town down and you do this, like it's like from five to 10, they do this cruise and it's just people along the line, uh, all along the, the sidewalks and everything. It's such a cool event. If you are, if you do live in Oregon, the McMinnville cruise, um, it's in the end of, end of August every year. Anyway, Kenny takes a gold digger there and for, for like, he gets done after four hours of like doing this cruise thing. And he said his leg was beat. Like he was just stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. He's like, oh, Devin, yeah. dude, I'm, I don't think I'll do that again. Cause just, it's, it's just gnarly on my leg. That's uh, I, I understand that's, I, every vehicle I own. No, I take it back. My crew cab long bed, the, the Oxford white truck is an auto and it's going to stay in auto, but every, I've never driven it. Every other vehicle I own is manual, and I'm so used to driving a manual that it, it I don't even think about it. And it wasn't even intentional. I just have all manuals. But now, like, there are times where it's just, I I get tired of shifting gears. It's a pain to pull out into traffic with a, a truck manual transmission in a car. No yeah. problem, because they actually have the right gears for it. But in a ZF5, like, if you're pulling out onto the highway... And you got to get in it quick. They don't shift fast. They don't right. like, you know, and you get torque steer. It's just like, it's so much easier just to step on the gas and go. So honestly, teach their own. Just make I, sure that they're both set up for the power that you're going to, more for more power than what you're going to yes. put through them. I do think though that for like, hey, it's kind of nice having a manual for like towing big weight over the pass and stuff like that. You're That's like, hey, why I like That them. is badass because you're like, hey, I'm just going to leave it in fourth gear and just chug over this thing. I know um, a friend of ours running a uh, common rail with a Z with a NV5600. Uh, Sean's. Yeah, I remember watching him and uh, driving with driving he was hauling a load of cars and trucks and stuff behind it and it was kind of cool because he would just shoot you train that thing over these you know through intersections and stuff pulling weight yep you know just leaving gear and you know it's like like you said each to his own but i think it's it's what are you gonna do with it what are you down for like we said multiple times so I think we like we could put a pin in that. We don't yeah, ever we want to come back. Yeah, we to death. We're, we're done with that one. So there you go, people. That's as far as we can go with in, with auto versus manuals. I'm sorry. we Maybe we're not experts on this, but I think at some point it's like, what's your personal preference? You know what would be fun, though, Devin, is in a future episode, if we went like full transmission talk and bring Matt in, in here. Yeah, bring Matt in. Oh, God. And really like talk about what it takes to build. Right an E4OD, what it takes to build a 4R100, um, and just educate people on that sort, like not auto versus manual, but like, what's the cost versus like that? Like, Hey, well, what's it cost to put together a transmission? Like what's behind us that yeah, and takes why? 800 horsepower, you know, it's billet input, billet output, billet forward drum. We, you know, we exactly. modified the drum, you know, it's, it's a lot of things going on there to make it and like, and have him explain why, like, you know, some guys will get a freshly built quote unquote transmission and then they break it within a month. Um, I think it'd be cool to have a, a tranny guy in here sure. that, 
that can can educate us and our listeners on building a a, a stout auto. Yeah, because so for listeners out there, we when it comes to um, like our project trucks or customer trucks, how we do that is we are not we will not build our transmissions in house at Crabtree. We actually use an outside Same at Customs. Yep, exactly. We use an outside transmission builder. He's been around for years. Lucas uh, Performance. He does an amazing job. Uh, Matt will build a you know 47RE to whatever 1200 horsepower you want you name it he'll put it together for you and it is it does come at a cost you know there's not cheap and so cheap shit ain't cool and cool shit that's ain't right cheap. and so a lot of people will skimp on items to get it on the road and then it breaks like oh my gosh what happened and I'm sure there's there's instances where people put high dollars and it's either mismade or misinstalled who knows um, but Matt has very aw- he's very awesome when it comes to putting transmissions together. He just asks, "What are we after? Horsepower wise, reliability. What's it gonna do? Is it a race truck, tow truck, family truckster? What's your goals with it?" Which I love. Yeah. And so then you could put together a package for your needs, for the injectors, for your turbo, whatever horsepower you're after, regardless if it's a Cummins or a, a, a Ford or you know whatever. Um, and yeah, I think that's a solid idea. Bring him on. Because you and I aren't transmission experts. I don't Heck have no. I don't have a, a disassembly bench with tranny parts everywhere, and I learned this and this. Hell no. There's no. not enough time in the day for that. So, and I'm glad you clarified that because that's the way I like to do things. Like if there's, I I can put the whole truck together, you know, and I can build an auto. I've done it a handful of times, but I might do that on a beater truck that i don't really care about for sure that's my own uh i'm not gonna do that on a customer's i would rather find i would rather use matt or use whoever that's an expert in doing that stuff and then he can build the transmission and i will install it well it's just the thing is like you know i'm not a carpenter so i didn't build my house sure i could do it i could build my house i'm sure it's gonna be like a willy wonka house like sideways or like cat in the hat house that's why i tell people you could do whatever the hell you want are yeah. you good at it eh, maybe do you have you done it enough to be like proficient at it and it's like correct no like yep. so it's like at the end of the day here's my profession here's this other guy's profession you know here's a doctor he's a doctor for a reason you know that guy's a lawyer for a reason because he wants to take your money but you know it's like <laughs> i think in the way we look at it is I'd rather work with people that are experts or at least have spent time on one thing that are good at it versus, Hey, I can, I kind of limp around like putting things together and here right. I go for a transmission. So, um, but yeah, anyway, so moving on, I think we're good on that. Are we yeah, good, John? We are. We're going to okay. move on to a topic that neither one of us know much about interior mods. No, I thought IDI pros and cons. Oh God, I was going to skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we've gotten this question. How many times have we gotten this question? Quite a few. And I I was going to try and like shout out. I'm going to give an IDI mod for you guys. Here's a real quick one. You pull it out and put a Cummins in it. (laughs) Oh gosh, you're going to fire some people up. I'm going to get Aaron really upset on that one. Yeah. You know, it's a... the IDI stuff, I'm just trying to scroll through and I'm, see. Well, he's scrolling through. I'm going to tell people, like, if you're going to do it, if you want to do a come and swap, an IDI platform is a perfect come and swap platform. Totally. Because it's already a diesel. You don't have to modify a uh, fuel selector uh, switch. You can run the stock fuel in with that setup. 
Um, you already have a big radiator, which John, you and I differ on this one. I love. No, I totally agree with you um, that a big radiator. It has is a core. Yeah, because if you guys realize a gas core support is different than a diesel core support, regardless of it being a IDI or a seven three. So when we when John will do a come and swap or we'll do a swap, we always like to have a bigger core support to house a bigger radiator. Um, some people will get away with using the four sixty uh, higher end ra- radiator. That's great. Um, we're big fans of overkill, but an IDI, if you find an IDI truck and you know, the prices are going up on those too, though, like IDI trucks are are in, in, so we have a, a uh, Aaron, uh, dude, I love the kid. He's just, yeah, Mr. A.A. Ron, he, uh, is a big IDI fan and he like just eats IDI stuff up. And so this question came to us, um, talking with Aaron and maybe you have some some info on this too, John. But you know, going over, there's only a couple people building like IDI serious performance parts. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's a reason for that. They didn't. Well, I mean, like the Power Stroke came out, and everyone just like left the IDIs behind. That's what it seemed like. Like Power Strokes, it. We don't care about IDIs. We're just gonna move on and go go straight to Power Strokes. Well, let's let's kind of start from the top on this. IDI stands for indirect injection. So the injectors in an IDI have a pre-combustion chamber because they run at a lower injection pressure. So that pre-combustion chamber um, ignites the fuel early and then and I might be not 100% on this, but then it direct, then it injects it into the cylinder. 10-4. Um, and it's, it's just an older style of diesel fuel injection. And with those lower fuel pressures, um, you also have weaker pistons because they didn't, they didn't need to withstand the power that a direct injected engine takes. So, I know you deal with ringland issues, uh, you know, breaking ringlands. You deal with, uh, you know, cylinder pressure issues, head gasket issues, um, and the 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 metallurgy of those pistons are not designed to handle the exhaust gas temperatures of the newer you know, the newer engines. So you're talking about when you, when people turn them up or give them more go-go trying to produce big power out of an idea is what you're talking about. Like you, if you want to go down that road, your best put some money into machining, into parts, into rotating assembly. That's what you're talking about. Well, and it's one of those things that, you know, we talk a lot about doing swaps. If you want to make good, reliable horsepower, towing horsepower, build yourself a seven, three, come and swap it you know do put something in there that that handles more power from the factory but there are those guys that like that like doing unique stuff that like keeping the old school idi and they want it like it's it's not all just about like what's the most efficient way to make this much power the most efficient way to make 500 horsepower and a thousand foot pounds of torque is to put a 15 liter you know 3406 b in there that doesn't make (laughs) sense you know so yeah, I'm not gonna dog on somebody for for wanting to build up an IDI, but if you're if you're doing it because you really want it to be competitive with the horsepower that comes out of newer trucks, um, you're gonna spend a lot more money and you're gonna end up with uh, subpar power compared to that. That being said, uh, there was a guy at the truck show this year that flew in from Texas. I think Andrew uh, and 
forget what his last name I, is. I forget his last name. Super cool kid. Yes, he was. Uh, I became, he actually won our steering kit. Rad dude. Um, he has a, a, a pretty well built IDI. It's oh, got really? A, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. it's got a, a Borg Warner S369 on it. Okay. Um, he says he's got insane EGTs. Uh, he carries around a spare injection pump in, in the toolbox of his truck because, and he has like a fully built injection pump by what? like the main IDI guy. And he likes it. He says it makes good power, um, but he also is willing to admit, he's like, yeah, it's an IDI. Like, I just want to see what I could do with it. And I totally respect that. Hey, I'm down. I know Aaron Oder that works for us. Um, we're lucky to have that kid. He does an amazing job for us. Like I said, he is an IDI guy. Like, he won't let it go. And he uh, produces big power out of that thing. Yeah. Has I've water seen meth. The videos. Yeah, water meth. And he's like all you know he geeks out on that stuff and i'm totally stoked for that because he the passion is where it's at yeah like hey he could have come and swapped it he could have done a lot of things but he chose to take an engine have it machine the machine work done it does an amazing job now i i got a ride in it and it it's impressive really yeah it actually goes pretty damn good um you'd have to like go down and like the rabbit hole that he went down i know there's a, a couple guys out there that do like intake systems and all this stuff for these trucks, but there are not that many of them. No. And it's you a know, niche. It's a it's a very sure. niche market. And my hats off to those guys that that really stick with the IDI because it's just like us sticking with a seven three or a twelve valve or a twenty four valve. The newer truck guys are like, why would you waste your time on that when you just go buy this brand new truck that puts out five hundred horse and a thousand foot pounds of torque? Because like, anybody can do that. That's right. And so like the so we're not dogging on the IDIs. We just I mean, like, here's what we've experienced. I am totally down for guys that hold on to the IDI. And I love that about people that, and that's, like I said, that's what I love about these trucks. Totally. It could be a Chevrolet and I'd be like, that's badass. You're holding on to like what you like about this 454. I'm just stoked that there's guys with OBSs. They're like, hey, I know there's other options out there. I'm going to see what I can do with this. Here's what it is. Yeah. And what the rub, though, is, is when people get their hackles up on like, well, why, why would you ever do that? That's stupid. Well, who gives a rat's ass? Just have a good time doing what you're doing. If you're passionate about it, great. Then but, keep doing it. Then keep doing it, but don't knock someone else for, for like, hey, I'm going to choose to swap this or I'm going to choose to keep this. Everyone be cool with what, you know, like me, yeah, yeah. Super, just like chill down about it, people. It's just a, a thing of metal, right? Yep. And we, uh, and we actually mentioned uh, a while back, Oh, uh, this guy Christian Ewing. He's got that IDI brick nose yeah. that is a two-wheel drive. He did coilovers in the front. I don't think he's worried about making big power with it. It's like a parts runner truck, it sweet looks daily awesome. driver. That's something I would totally have. I would yep. personally, I would own an IDI with the expectation that it's just going to be my driver, um, like my shop truck that my employees can take and go get parts, run the machine shop, like pick up steel like that sort of stuff um well how cool is it it's a mechanical diesel like a 12 valve and they get pretty decent mileage and they they run they're like they're like a tractor right like you don't really there's not a lot of maintenance on them they don't have problems like oh my my wiring harness under the valve covers you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. they, they get melted and it caused an injector to go wide open or cause not to work or my glow plugs aren't doing this or that Dude, Aaron's, you look underneath it, it's like four or five wires, that's it. It's like a, a V8, it's like an underpowered 12 valve. Yeah. So you know, it's really, it's simple, and so, like you said, like, Christian's truck, he just, that brick nose is freaking rad. It's 
badass. You know, and he didn't like he didn't spend a ton of coin on, except for some coilovers, right? I yeah, mean, I think he's he's got to be less than five grand into that truck. So and that's it's cool. Yeah, and you could hop in that thing. I'm gonna go with some wood for building the deck or whatever. I'm just gonna mob it down to you know see some friends or drive it. I mean, how awesome is that? And so maybe we shouldn't be talking about that because then people the prices are gonna start going up on these things, <laughs> which are doing. Uh, don't buy IDIs, people. We want to we want to buy the cherry ones for ourselves. I we guess just want to hoard everything. Yes, pretty much. So that's our IDI talk. That's all we've got, and that's probably longer than I thought we'd talk about it because we're not experts on IDIs by any means. That's just what we've experienced, what we know, what we've been around. People that do know them better uh, than us, we've been around them and talking with them and what they've experienced. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I always joke like, how do you make good power of IDI? Swap a Cummins in it. <laughs> I I just love to dig on that, you know, because Aaron gets all fired up at me and we go oh, back yeah. and forth, right? Because it's just like a, a good time. But no, seriously, if you're passionate about IDI, fucking rock that shit, bud. Just do it. Yeah, go for it. If you want to swap it, swap it. It's whatever floats your boats and put smiles on your face. So... Okay, we're done with that. Thank God. What are we moving on to? <laughs> Interior mods. I think this is a, a great uh, time for you to showcase. Uh, I don't know. So you're going to say the Super D seat brackets. I think we've talked about that, why we did it, though. Well, you talked about why you did it, but what's the big difference? Because people have been swapping Super Duty seats into these trucks for a long time. Uh, uh, and we're going to talk about more than just the Super Duty seat yeah. swap for interiors, because interior is definitely more your thing than mine. Um, well, it's, yeah, your super duty seat bracket, your super duty seat swap stuff is like way next level compared to what everybody else has been doing. I, I think it's just, uh, we didn't really set the bar at like, we got to do this better. It was like, we just, we needed a set of seats and then I, I didn't feel, uh, so it's, it started with, Hey, super duty seats. You can get still brand new interiors. I think there's a company called the seat shop. Literally you can get everything except the plastic center console door. Oh, wow. Like foams, hinges, you can get the, the, you know, like everyone's making aftermarket heated seats, uh, like the heaters for them, but these guys actually have the spec'd out ones. Um, you can get the colors, that's what I thought, well, that's pretty cool because then you could buy a set of Super Duty seats that even if they are ratty, you can order this stuff in at a relatively co uh, inexpensive cost, you know, depending if it's one seat or all all the seats that need to be redone. I know that we've had seats redone for just cloth OBS seats, and depending on what you're after, uh, it can get pretty spendy. So we went down that rabbit hole, and then we spent time figuring out why, you know, what are people doing um, drilling holes in the floor plan where it doesn't, where it's not structural was not our gig. And that's what people are doing. We wanted them to mount to the factory, uh, the factory holes, the factory seatbelt holes. We want everything to retain that. Which I wouldn't gloss over that too quickly because I think that's a really important thing that sometimes people don't think about enough. Like not to, not to side rod it, but like we made a, a transfer case shift linkage bracket for Cummins conversions because you have to move the the drivetrain back like two, two and a half inches. The moving the the manual shift boot back, that's pretty easy. We made a plate for that and you can tidy that up and seal it up real nice. But when you move that transfer case bracket or shifter back, that shift boot is molded to that to the trans tunnel for that specific location and when it gets moved back it doesn't fit right anymore 
and you'll get moisture, you'll get all sorts of things coming up inside your cab and you'll have road noise issues that are really hard to get rid of. And so the more that you can keep from adding more holes to the bottom of your cab and using the factory bolt holes, the better. And I think that is a huge, huge benefit to what you guys have done. And you know, it wasn't like we were after that, but thank you. I I think we were after, I just did, I looked at these trucks that were holes were drilled in the floor plan. I'm like, that's just sheet metal. Like if you get underneath your truck, there's a, they, the manufacturers made a structural rib where your seats bolted to and where your seat belts would bolt to. Yes. And it was, it was, it joined uh, multiple layers of, with multiple layers of steel. So it was structural, right? Yep. So, um, that's why we felt like, hey, I want to. We want to make something where it's not a, you know, hey, drill this into your floor pan. It's a. This is goes to factory bolts. But that being said, that's, that's a life safety thing. Correct. And you know, the other thing is, we also felt they sat way too tall, even with the legs modified. Uh, a Super Duty seat sits so much taller than an, a, a typical OBS seat. And that's a big problem is like, if you're a short guy like me, you know, your legs are dangling there trying to reach the pedals. You have to scoot the seat all the way up and then your, your chest is in the steering wheel. And then if you're a tall guy like Kenny, that your head's rubbing up against the, you know, oh, yeah. the top of the cab and your hat's rubbing up against there, uh, you know, in the headliner. Um, that was our big rub. That was the big one too, is that how do we get the seat pan or the seat tracks assembly as low as possible? and give you the factory you know as close as we can to the factory specs as possible for for an obs seat where it sits um and that's kind of the road we did went down it's taken us a while almost a year to develop this product we're done with it we're just finishing up uh, instructions nice. uh, by the time this comes out this podcast comes out they'll be on the store um but that's not why we want to talk about interior mods. We want to talk about interior mods because we get people asking one is door hinges. Another is what's another interior mod. John just brought up the seat bracket thing because he thinks we need to talk about uh, seats. I'm going to tell you straight up when it comes to seats though, I love the OBS factory 402040, my favorite seat, but it breaks down. It breaks down. It feels like shit after a million miles. Right. And I, what sucks is the center console, the flip down 20 percenter, right? Yep. Have you ever tried to pop that ring off without destroying it? If you were going to tell how I, I look haven't. at it. Yeah. So I know Brian Castleman talked to me about this. He's like, it's impossible to, to get that, that piece off. It's nearly impossible without breaking it. How Ford retained that cup holder area, that plastic thing. Yeah. We've experimented with it and we have some things going on um, about that, but that's a tough one. So it's like, hey, I want to get this middle console reupholstered and to match my, you know, replacing this, you know, reupholstering the rest of the seats. That center console can be a little bit of a pain. I know interior guys don't like those. Um, and on that note, can you get the factory upholstery that has the like rainbow colors in it still? I know Chris and Paul, I thought they bought some new old stock uh, of like that, that material. I, I don't, I forgot to ask them about it last time they're here. Um, I don't know if manuf- if aftermarket manufacturers can get that. Because that, I know it's super 90s style, but that's what I like. Like, I think that that is the coolest yep. little touch is the, the little rainbow. It's not colors. a rainbow. Or, it's like a, it's like a, 
how do you like it's a little bit yellow in involved with some grays and blues right or then you have the guys that have the reds yeah and then you have like the blue interior which the blues I, I actually like the blue interior i don't i'm not a red fan the i know red fan i think reminds Chris me of like Paul a strip really club like yeah it it, like, like hey hop in my truck as a strip club especially when the i i think it's neat when it's like an all black truck and you open the doors and the interior it's is red. fucking bright red <laughs> like i personally like probably i don't know i would own one just because but i like the gray the best but it is kind of it, it feels like a strip club you're like Oh my gosh, it's a party in here. <laughs> you know what's badass though is like if you own at least three trucks, right? I would own one of each. Oh, totally. And I would drive it on a Wednesday. I'm like, I'm driving the red interior truck. And you, and I don't know about you, John, but I would have a good time driving this truck with red interior. I'm like, I appreciate this. And then tomorrow I'm going to hop in the one with the gray interior. And I'm like, oh, this Bronco's badass with, with gray interior. And then, yeah. then the next day I'm going to hop in this single wide or this short wide with you know, a single cab truck that's got the blue interior. If I had one with red interior, I feel like I would have to get those trucker mud flaps with the with the <laughs> naked lady on them. I don't know why. It just feels like it would fit that truck really well. And you well. have to have like the Christmas tree car fragrance, or, or fragrance thing like the real you know, real tree or some bullshit yeah. like you know it just like goes along with it playing motley crew with the windows down do would you put a smoldering cigarette in the ashtray just to give it the right smell <laughs> just to give it <laughs> the right smell yes with like some some axe body spray smell on yes the you have to have a combo of both like i need that i need that fucking dirtbag combo to go into this red interior that, that way when you get in it you just feel that it, you create this environment for yourself there's guys that have red interior trucks that are fucking minty fresh and they're like these fuckers are bagging on my red oh, interior no, it's not bagging on it. it's it's cool interior but oh dude that's good shit so i on the on the stock seat note i do know guys that have taken their stock seats and without changing the upholstery they've had an interior shop pull that upholstery off refoam it because those bolsters wear down really quick yeah. um and then they can put the factory upholstery back over it and make them feel like a new seat again which not, is a really great option for those of you out there that feel like your seat's just done. Right. Even though your upholstery could still be in good shape, but it's just, you know, the all the, the foam is blown out. Uh, you can get them refoamed. So, like, skinning a seat really isn't that difficult. If anyone's, if, if you haven't tackled it, it's not rocket science by any means. It's pretty simple. Um, but I always, like, go into interior shops. I know we're going down a squirrel hole here, but I love going into interior places that do seats and stuff and i love the craftsmanship of it they're cutting foam by hand oh yeah you know i know a lot of the newer stuff is all specked out they just you know order a chunk of foam but the older stuff i go in there and they were working on a the guys were working on a it was like a 68 ford uh camper oh nice the front was a truck and the back of it was this old school camper it was like all og super uh super clean and they were doing door panels to it i I love the dent side, bump side, all those got all those years of door panels because they were just simple. There were yeah, no plastic. Yeah, with that one little yep. like bolster on it yep. or that like handle, arm handle. That was it. Like how awesome is that? Like you don't have to search for door panels. You don't have to like, you can just actually just make your own. These guys were making custom door panels for this. I appreciate that so much because the, it, it was more of a, it gives you the freedom to, to make whatever you want, you know, for a door panel and then to match the seats to it. But uh, just interior sh- places like that, I think, are some of the coolest places they to really go in. Are. And the craftsmanship and, you know, they're artists. 
Yeah. So. Oh, that reminds me um, on the interior mods. We had in one episode you asked about or you you mentioned about doing the the Dodge USB port. Yeah. Somebody asked us what year truck that came out of the problem we, we went down that road with a dodge usb and the problem we found was finding the connector for it so mm. just like um when we do our mirror swaps we you know everyone if they don't have power mirrors they're like oh well, i can find aftermarket switches like that mimic the ford switch the problem is finding the connector um the hard shell connector to go into that switch Dodge the same thing. A lot of those were discontinued, even on the newer USBs. Really? So we did find a uh, US. It was a USB other than the Dodge one that worked really good and actually fit. We were actually able to make this fit in um, your cigarette lighter. You know, on our OBS fours, we have the little cigarette lighter. He has a little flip up tab. And, oh, the PowerPoint. Yeah, which I hate. Like that cigarette lighter. I know, and I don't even thing. know why new cars come with it. I. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I guess I often wonder though, do you get, uh, do they still use the cigarette lighter PowerPoint because it, uh, you ever notice how they charge a little bit faster than a USB? Yes, but I think a lot of that is the amperage. Cause if you get right. one of those USB chargers that has either the two amp or the, you know, the two different ports, one of them's like a 1.2 amp and the other one's like a 2.1 amp. Okay. Um, then it will charge faster but i've also heard that uh you can also kind of mess up the battery in your devices by charging them too fast from a well, that's via, good to know like from a automotive electrical system because you can give it like kind of uh an unrestricted amount of charging power which is not always great I'm trying to find that right now. I I think I deleted the picture of it. It was I by a company, if I'm not mistaken, um, by Works. I'll get some info on it, but we actually found one that is just about plug and play for that little cigarette for that that little um, charging socket or what do you want to call it, the right. cigarette lighter. We actually removed that because I hate those things, and we put one of those in there. Um, I'll get a picture and send it to you, John. You can put it on the the web or put it on our. Uh, Instagram, yeah, or, and yeah. with a with a note what it is, people can actually look it up, and it's easy to install. It gives you two USB ports, and the door still closes, so it covers it up. Nice, which is what I like. So yeah, you so it just, still looks OG. Yeah, so it still looks OG. You don't have that like it's some goofy thing dangling underneath your dash, which I can't stand. And on that note, I did find um, talking about interior. I love. Uh, I've always go for whenever we work on a truck. I want things hidden. Or I want things like very subtle. I don't like even like brake controllers. Yeah. I hate brake controllers, uh, aftermarket brake controllers. I love how the new trucks have all integrated. It's I great. want an integrated system. For I these found trucks. something I'm working on. Uh, I was going to order it um, and get it in and play with it. There's a new company out there, everyone, that makes a brake controller that you actually locate the brake controller, the physical brake controller uh, under the dash hidden, and then it just gives you a little tiny knob. They started coming out for Toyotas um, a while ago. They actually will, uh, you can buy, uh, not only do they, do they um, it's just like a nice concealed knob. It's not very big. It's kind of like the size of your Ford factory windows uh, uh, mirror switch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you can locate that in tons of places. Uh, I just found them about two weeks ago. I asked one of our year, uh, one of our technicians is, has a big European background. He actually installed them a bunch on some Volkswagen stuff back in the day, 
and loved them. And he puts them on some Toyotas. Uh, it's pretty pretty simple. In fact, they actually have a plug and play for your factory Ford connection under the dash for your brake controller. Which is a good thing to note because <clears throat> I can't tell you how many of these trucks I've bought that somebody has installed a brake controller in and you look under the hood and you can see that it has the two factory like tow package relays. Right. But then you see they've taken sheet metal screws or self tappers and screwed in these uh, these circuit breakers. And then you look under the dash and you see all this wiring ran right past the factory plug in for your brake controller that's already there. All you gotta do is plug it in and it like they don't even know about it. Yeah. And they've wired in this mess of a brake controller system when most all of these trucks, you can get the harness at the parts house. Yes. And so you have actually, I think it's a six pin connector under the dash for a brake, a factory brake controller. Uh, the company's name is Red Arc USA. And Red so, Arc USA. Yep. We'll put that in the show notes. I'll put that in the show notes. There's actually a picture of it here, John. And it is this cool little dial, and they sell a rectangle plug for you to um, for you to install wherever you want. So we're actually going to oh, do this. Oh, that's way cool. Yeah. Cowboy truck doesn't have a, a brake controller. We haven't put one on yet. As, and, how can it be a cowboy if it can't tow a gooseneck trailer with hey, a brake controller? Hey, settle down, old son. We just got <laughs> it done for the show. And we're, we're I didn't want a brake controller. I was trying to figure out a way to integrate a good brake controller that was hidden. So that's why we kind of held up on that. And when I found this, I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. There's no holes in the dash on this truck right now. I don't want to give it any holes. Other than, then what I was thinking is, this little dial would be kick ass in the ashtray. Yes. You hidden, you don't see it when you hop in the truck. There's not all this shit dangling underneath the dash, and so that's why uh, we'll have some info on that. Hope you guys, hopefully by the next time we do a podcast, maybe two or three podcasts down the road, how it worked. And what I was gonna say, which is rad, it comes. You can order it with a plug and play connector for your Ford, like I said before, which is- Which is so sweet. Yeah, so- that's And a, do all the trucks have that? And in the two relays are just for like being able to charge batteries? So you have to find the connector underneath the on the frame rail, obviously. And by, by the time these trucks, we get them, people have already done that. Right. And so you have, and it's a lot of people will cut the connector at the back of the bumper. Please don't, you can actually, uh, find that connector and plug into it so you have everything yep um half tons though i can't remember if our half ton trucks have that uh the six pin underneath the dash because it's for those of you that don't know it's like basically right in the middle of the dash yep um right above the tranny tunnel you just look up under there and it's got a little christmas tree that's that's pushed into a little tab and it's a gray plug that has uh pretty heavy gauge wires coming out I believe it's your six pin and it goes already it already gets gives you the feed off the brake switch for your for a brake controller so um we'll have some more info though on this guy's on this company's product how it works what do we think hopefully in the coming months we go for that but interior stuff I mean we could spend all day on this one I, I I think the big one is uh, just like our company, it comes out with like a repair bracket for your, for, uh, fixing your door panels, um, or like, um, Chris and Paul, you know, have one for your, your ha- door handles. We spent a while on the door. We did handles. spend a ton on that one, but then you have, uh, you know, here's an interesting one I found out. So I know Chris and Paul sell a bracket for your dash on the passenger side. 
uh, some Fords would use a plastic um, bracket. It was came off the dash and it would hold the dash uh, structurally to the cab. Um, Ford actually, it was revised part. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize this. And Ford actually came out with a metal piece that, because that plastic would break, your dash would vibrate on the passenger side going over bumps. Yep. Ford actually had a revised part. Chris and Paul brought that back. So it's like little things like that that make a big difference for, you know, just the maintenance and keeping things not rattling around. Um, I know you had worked on a doubled-in setup. There's a couple guys doing that. Um, We had found, like on the CB truck, um, I didn't want to hack the dash apart to do a doubled in. Right. I didn't want anything about that. And I know there's some companies like you guys, yourself, that do a Super Santa one. I just really didn't want to go down that road. We found, uh, I believe it was Pioneer does a like a flat screen that goes in a single din. Yep. And then you can adjust it side to side, up and down. And I kind of dug that because it gives you that new look um, with uh, just a single din. That's another interior thing that's pretty kick-ass in my opinion. Yeah, there's so many ways to skin the cat when it comes to that to the stereo stuff because oh, you can dude. also do the old school uh, single din that that comes out and flips up into a screen. We didn't um, do that because I, um, I didn't like those things kind of shake when you're same. driving down the road. But that does get fixed when you have uh, better some, suspension. <laughs> some good <That's> right. suspension. <laughs> Um, Can I sell you a single din that flips up and vibrates real bad to send, then sell you a suspension <laughs> setup? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, and for, I know I'm going to get asked about that dash pad. The, the reason we haven't released that yet is one, uh, I need to, to bring on somebody that we'll, we'll talk about later. Um, but finding, being able to wrap those in, you know, do the 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 upholstery work on them is extremely complicated and we have not been able to source or get find a way to have that done to where though it doesn't just completely blow the price right like to the moon on them so if people really want one of those right now um, and they want to take it to a local interior shop, then they can hit us up and we will sell them just a, you know, uh, a raw foam one. Everything will still go right into place like it should, but basically it would be up to you to take it down to whatever interior shop you want and have them wrap it and match it to. Yeah. yeah which isn't a bad way to go too because then you could have like i mean you could do some really sweet stitch work on yep. it you can have it done however you want kind um, of a blank blank canvas for someone to manipulate it exactly and we don't even have that on our website yet maybe we'll we'll throw it up there and see you know and just I think you should say hey if you because, want to then go for it i mean i i like the the single din with the fixed big screen like an ipad but i also kind of like that double din look where and they're easier to easier to mount yeah the double din is way easier to mount it's it's a lot more uh user friendly to mount than the single din with that big screen i know we had to build our own bracket so it was sturdy on the back side so oh like inside the the single din hole yeah because uh i felt like the weight of that screen was so heavy that just the outside tabs like most people just use to mount a stereo wasn't going to be enough and we want to use the factory radio has like a rail 
And so we made a mount that slid on that rail. Very cool. So that's kind of what we've had to do as right, well. Right, and, and that makes it solid. It's the little things in your interior that matter, like driving down the road and your stereo is wobbling around. I can't hack that. That just doesn't float with me. And it's like your door panels making noise. Buy new Christmas trees. You know, they're not, yeah. you can go on our website. We actually, uh, we sell them with our mirror kits and they're not that expensive. It's just replacing them. Um, things like, you know, that's the other thing is like door panels. I don't know if we've gone down this road, but door panels are becoming harder and harder to find clean ones. They just get beat up or not taken care of, or, you know, a lot of times door hinges wear out and then people will refund the door handle and crack out that opening where your door handle, uh, where the inside door handle is. Yep. And we've got, for those of you that haven't heard, that's not because it's weak plastic on the no. door handles. It's because something structurally is not right in your door don't just put a metal door handle on it and then continue reefing on it. 90% of the time we had people ask us, how do you get, how do you line up doors? How do you get them set, uh, shut nice? Like our videos show you, you most, you have to start at the foundation. The foundation is your door hinges. Are they are in good shape? Do they have a bunch of play? Most of the time, what we find is people are breaking door handles or ripping that. What happens is they, they break a door handle because they're pulling up on the door to get it to come off of the striker because yep. the door hinges are so worn out, it's sagging. So, and then they, they, they may go through two door handles and then they start ripping out the metal structural part where that door, you know, that door handle hinge bolts to. And so it's this giant snowball effect that like they just blame the like, these. I love these comments. These stupid cheap four door plastic door handles. You know, it's like well, I I've never found a door handle inside door handle break because of like great Bad plastic. Yeah, exactly. Or like the hinges are primo and this door handle just breaks. No, it's because the the door you're having to pull up on the door to get it off that striker or push the thing open, and that's what happens. And so some maintenance on the, some hinges. Maybe you don't want to replace hinges altogether. You want just rebushing it. Great. I highly suggest you take the time, pull the door panel off, pull the wiring out of it, and take the door off the truck. Do the hinges properly. Don't try to like do it by the door floating there. I've I've never been a fan of that. That's something I I keep meaning to ask you, and I didn't wasn't intentionally saving it for this uh, podcast. But what? Uh, what tool do you guys use to support the door? Is that something that you made like an attachment for a tranny jack? Or We used a tranny jack would be rad. The only problem is that a Ford OBS door weighs a lot. Like it's a heavy door. Right. So we actually just, you can buy a door, uh, a door cradle and they're meant to go on a floor jack, Okay. which is pretty cool. Uh, I found that we had to ditch the floor jack thing because the trucks we're working on are too tall. A yeah. normal floor jack will not go. So what we use is uh, we made an adapter to a, an air bumper jack. Nice. A lot of people don't know about bumper jacks. because yeah, I haven't used one. Yeah, because uh, since hoist came out, like your two post, post hoist, you know, bumper jacks went away. So I cut my teeth on using bumper jacks because my old man was like, he never had hoist for probably the first 10 years that I was working on cars. I was doing oh, oil changes. Yeah, dude, I was doing oil changes on the ground with floor jacks. And so when trucks would come in, it's a bumper, it's a um, air, it's an air uh, cylinder and you flip down these arms and you put it underneath the front of the rear of a vehicle. They're sketchy, but we still have two of them and we never use them. We, we have hoist more than we need to know what to do with. So we kept these things and then I retrofitted one because they have an arm on them 
to hold our door cradle. And so then we'll just use that to suspend a door. If you don't have anything like that and you want to do your hinges, a couple of buddies and a case of beer would probably right. suffice. You just, and just the, the beer after the door has been taken yeah, off. Dude, trust me. You do not want to get shit faced and try to line up a door. That's a bad day. <laughs> and the, I can tell you this, use some thin foam around the edge of your door. When you go to put it together, because there's nothing worse than chipping the paint off the edges of your door because you smacked it together. So we use a light foam. We'll use some painter's tape and tape that foam around those two edges on both sides. And lining up a door, I could go all day on that. Maybe that's for another discussion on lining up hinges. Um, I, it, there is no easy way except just time time on a hinge and taking your you know learning how to do it uh, with just trial and error. But I don't want people to try it and mess up their paint and the, right. you know, the side of their door by doing it. So maybe we can go over that next show or in a couple shows on how we set up a door, how do we set up hinges, how do we set up a striker to make them click like a brand new rig. Well, and I think, I don't know if you want to say this, but to give people an example of just how much goes into making the doors right on these trucks, what what does OBS Solutions charge to do to do set up doors on on a truck? It just depends. Uh, that's a will question. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's not you a know, cheap job because, no, because the labor. It's, it's usually about three in. hours per door. That's a, that's that's a ballpark for us to set up a hinge. If and you, that's a place that does them all the time. Yeah, and a lot of it is uh, we find different manufacturers have hinges that are not accurate. Um, we have to actually file the openings a little bit more for to have adjustment on the doors. Uh, I it's frustrating because the cost of hinges uh, you can find them on one A Auto. There's not a bad hinge. Um, okay. from them they sell them i think you can get them as a kit top and bottom and don't get me wrong the bushings are fine uh, if you want to just do bushings and pins the problem i have with that is a lot of times our hinges are so worn out that a bushing just falls in there and you're you're screwed right so the, they're all wallowed out yeah people just let them go too long so um the problem we have is trying to find a good hinge that is mimicked to the factory specs the holes are in the same spot so we actually have to take a new hinge we have to file the opening more so we have more adjustability, and then I take them to get painted. That's the other thing. I always paint our hinges to match. Yep. Um, you don't have to do that, but uh, we'll send them out to a painter. I do not, I want to be OG paint, so we'll send them out, have them painted, bring them back, set the door up. And like I said, we pull the door off. Like I pull the guts out of the door, run the, you know, the wiring, there's no bulkhead connector on the driver's side. So everyone that goes, oh, it's just a bulkhead connector. There's no bulkhead connector on the driver. You're taking that whole loom through, you know, pop the door panel off, pull that loom through the door as you cradle the door and pull the door off the vehicle. Um, and then setting up a hinge is, dude, I mean, Oscar does an amazing job. The kid has been with us for about a year and a half now. And for the first, like, I know this poor kid is like pulling his hair out, but for the first like six months, <laughs> I had him and Aaron too. That's right. Aaron learned how to set up doors and I am so critical on body lines and them being flush. I probably put those two guys through the ringer multiple times. I, my house, I'm sorry, boys, but I, I got to have hinges that close nice. And, uh, it takes a while. It really does. And I'm still learning like new tricks Every time we do, I'm like, oh, dude, there's a little bit of a trick there for this. And then you talk to body guys and they even have a different insight. So it's really cool to go down that road. 
I would suggest people try and practice on maybe a, a parts rig before ever touching their own rig. Right. If they do want to do that, some piece of shit that's out in the woods, you know, out in the berries, <laughs> you know, practice or at the on junkyard. That. Yeah, practice on that. So, um, or just pay someone to do it. Find a good shop, you know, and have them do it. A good body shop that yeah. does body work that knows how to set up a hinge. So, anyway, that's on that. Other interior things, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I can tell you this. Uh, brighten up your dash with some new LED bulbs makes a world of difference. Yeah. Um, that high, what was it? High output LED.com sells some badass uh, white light that uh, LEDs for the backlight that made a, it makes your, your whole instrument cluster pop. Yeah. And, and do you, I, I did that. Oh gosh. Like eight years ago or something. There's better ones than now. Way and better. They would like, they would kind yes. of pulse and yeah, they, they don't, weren't So good. the new stuff that's out there that we found, because we would, we had tried uh, some other manufacturers and I, I think it's high, high output led.com or something like that. I can get that info too. They sell, they are more expensive. I have no flickering, no flat. It's like, and they sell three different colors. We just did a, a ice white, I believe. It mimics the factory color. Um, it's bright. So um, the dimmer actually does something, dude. It's it's gnarly. What's really cool though is the the lens on the front of your instrument cluster. Because when I look at an instrument cluster, I want it to be like it doesn't look like there's plastic there, right? Right. Well, it doesn't take much to scratch that plastic. You can still get from Ford that plastic new. Really? Yes. We found that out. Uh, you can buy the plastic that goes over the instrument cluster brand new. So if you're like wanting to spice up your interior, nothing is better than pulling your cluster out, pulling that plastic off lightly with like a, we use like a real, like a, um, a detail brush and okay. we, we sweep out, we clean out all the, around the needles and around that and clean everything out there and then go back together. We, we like to use a chemical guys product when going back with the plastic and kind of clean up the plastic, get it that black look again, buy a new lens for it, put some new LEDs in it and it makes your instrument cluster just pop like it's brand new. And it doesn't take, it's not really that much money in the grand scheme of things to make your old truck with a brand new feel to it. Just with you hop in it, you turn the lights on, you're like, that's that's pretty rad. Yeah. So well, it, it kind of goes back to what uh, I think Kenny mentioned last episode that um, when he put AC in his truck, he's like, I didn't think about how much it made me enjoy the truck more. Little things. Fixing these interior issues, you know, like your door's not closing right, your panel's vibrating, your your stereo not working right, your gauge's full of dust. Like, when I know it, it's not as fun as buying suspension or wheels or, like, bigger turbo or whatever, but it makes the experience when you get in your truck and drive it you can enjoy it more because you're not listening to all of, or seeing or hearing all of these little imperfections that just make it feel like an old clunky truck. Correct. Same thing with the dome lights too. Yes. Rebuild your dome lights to a standard like new LED bulb and it's super bright LED is the one that we found. Superbrightled.com. Yep. <clears throat> yep, that's the website. That's the best ones we have found so far. I'm sure people are like will say they found other ones great. Let us know. Um, this is the one that we have worked with a couple times over and I've never had any um, serious problems with them. Um, they make an, they make all kinds of bulbs for all kinds of applications. 
they make uh, the dome light bulbs. We were we will pull the dome lights apart and rebuild them with these bulbs. So you hop in it and it's as bright as a brand new vehicle. Which That's is just which awesome. Is, Same yeah. with the door panel lights. Yes, I was gonna say the one ninety four bulbs. You can uh, you can use those. That's an awesome. They the one ninety four should be if I remember right the part number for your door panel uh, LED lights right. too. So. Um, it's just the little things in my opinion when people ask about interior mods i'm a big fan of that i'm myself i am not like this sema guy that wants like pleated diamond you know interior and this kind of shit dude good for you guys that's not my style i like things kind of a little more um conservative but yet have a twist on it that's kind of how we roll at obs solutions yep not that it's a dig on anyone else if you want to go over the top great I don't really have a lot of info on like big stereo stuff because we kind of keep everything a little bit hidden and tucked away um, when it comes to, hey, I want to I want to do this center console that has a big amp in it. And is that like, I don't roll that way. Dude. I like to open up a truck and look like it's OG from yes. 1996, 97, but yet still have the functionality of a new truck or a new style. So steering wheels are something we're working on. Um, that's one thing I'm very picky about is steering wheels. I, geez, oh, piso. Um, we had our upholster guy do our steering wheel, and he even admitted, hey, I don't do steering wheels, but here you go. Uh, I'm learning a lot about the steering wheel world when it comes to repolstering your steering wheel. There's only a couple people out there that I think I would trust. Uh, we're going to have some info for you guys on that. We're working with a gentleman out of Arizona on some steering wheel stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't like the Walmart throw the wrap thing on your steering wheel nope. i hate that shit um i like steering wheels to be brand new wrapped in leather um so we'll have some info i think a steering wheel is like the first thing you contact in a truck besides the door handle and it's the thing you you're contacting the whole time while driving it and there's nothing worse than having a steering wheel that has a gnarly spot on top of it and you're you're yeah you're yeah fucking with it your thumb the whole time you're driving it i just i hate ratty steering wheels i do too and i think that brings up a, a very 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 important note door hinges and steering columns and steering wheels and seat bolsters the way that all of those things wear out faster is if you don't get in and out of your truck properly your <laughs> steering wheel is not a grab handle to get in and pull yourself into the truck. Right. Uh, when you do that, you wear out the bearings in your steering column. You put so much strain on things that you're not supposed to. Grabbing your door to like hoist yourself up into the truck puts way more pressure on those hinges than it's supposed to. And sliding over your bolster when you're getting in and out. But what if I got a just, big bro truck, bud? I mean, like it's in the air. How do you get up into that shit? You know, I would just bring a little stepladder. <laughs> I, it's it's, a, it's just a, it's just something to make note of. Right. You know, you're, like, you're right. It's how you get in and out of it. Even on our new rigs, even if you have a brand new rig, watch how you get in and out of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard on rigs sliding across seat foam every time you get in and out of it. Just, you know what, be a little more acrobatic and make a little hop when you get out of your truck. <laughs> it's, uh, and I find myself doing it. I get lazy, but then when I get in my, like, super low mile car, I make sure my wallet is out of my pocket. I don't have my pocket knife in my pocket. Yeah. Like, I'm, and I sit in that, I, like, intentionally, like, lift my butt up over the <laughs> over bolster the, yeah. because it has, like, Recaro leather racing seats 
that are super nice and the bolsters are not rubbed because it's like I make it very intentional the way I get in and out of that car. Well, it wears out the seam too. I know like on, yeah. on uh, the wife's uh, Tacoma, they have the, you have a seam there on her leather seats and you, I can see it wearing where she slides across it. You know, it's like, it's how you, yeah, I, I get it. That's a good note, John. I'm just throwing it out there. Something. That's a good note. Um, I think we beat that one up for a while. I don't know, but we yeah. have. Do we want to get to the last topic right now, or do we want to save that for a future one? We're uh, we're at an hour and fifteen. Let's hit the Bronco. Screw it. Let's do this. <laughs> Screw it. Let's do this. Uh, Full size Bronco. You know, uh, overlanding. And this, uh, I want to give a little little credit where credits due here. Let's see. Keep going. I I sent you the picture of that, didn't I? Did I don't I don't think you did, but if you did, uh, so this idea, uh, we had the desolate guys out and we talked to them a little bit, you know. And I've always wanted a Bronco just because I we don't have one. I've always thought they were cool. Um, I, I think if you're gonna own a, own an OBS Ford, you best have a OBS Bronco to go along with it. So we picked up a Bronco a while back ago. It's going to go under the knife here, hopefully next month. But we had this like idea because we're we're here in the we're here in the valley up you know in Oregon. We don't have the 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 whoops and the desert like the guys at Desolate do. But we do have a ton of off road camping, um, a lot of high Cascade lakes that you can drive to camp at, um, totally off the grid. And I was telling John like. Around here, we always joke because the CVTs, what does CVT stand for again, John? Cascade Vehicle Tent. Yeah, so in this area, uh, everyone has a CVT. It's like this tent that, if you don't know about them, they're like this tent that you put on your Tacoma or on uh, your Forerunner or on your Land Cruiser. It's like, it's this tent assembly and it pops up so you're not sleeping on the ground. Your tent is above, is like on your vehicle. But everyone has them around here, even if they don't use them. And usually it's like this trendy thing. So you buy a Tacoma, you're going to put like a four or five inch lift on it with some fuel wheels. And then like, then you're going to put your CVT on it. You're going to put your high lift jack next to that. And then your, and your, your shovel, jerry cans. your jerry can, even though you basically go get groceries with this thing and you go to Starbucks and you have, you know, you type on your computer and shit like that. You don't do anything <laughs> with this rig. And so they're everywhere around here. It's like a, it's like a statement vehicle. So we joke about it. And I'm like, Hey, how awesome would it be to have an overlanding, you know, like I'm doing the air quotes, overlanding Bronco with a CVT on top just to, just to like piss people off. Oh, um, it'd be, it'd be great. And this, this question was submitted by uh, Tyler Hoy. So Tyler, thank you. Uh, and we do try to answer your guys' questions and talk about topics you want to hear. So, yeah, that uh, I think it would be pretty neat because I I dig Broncos. I think they're they're cool, but they're the back. I don't think is big enough that you could really you know put a bed in. I don't. I mean, well, you're well, screwed because you're tall. Because I, I guess I'm, I'm perfect. <laughs> you guys are fucked. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could put a bed in the back seat of the princess truck. You're and right. Be fine. <laughs> uh, you know what? You guys make fun of me being short, but now I'm getting back at you fuckers. Uh, yeah. Th- no, I mean, yes and no. I don't know, bud. I mean, like, do you drill holes in the top of your Bronco and put a CVT on top? Dude, I guess no. They don't you have don't. rails. They, they don't have oh, rails. They don't have rails. Mm-mm. They don't have even drip rails. Nope. No drip rails. You have drip rails on the front to clamp to, but nothing on the back. Yeah. I mean Bronco product. Bronco. That's that's the first thing. <laughs> that's what thing I was thinking. Bronco. Should we make a Bronco? So I picture thirty sevens, six inches of lift, 
uh, I would have to put a CVT on top, but not have the letter CVT. I would take the CVT well, letters and on, off. And on that note, there are a lot. I mean, we're giving CVT a whole bunch of the yeah, marketing exactly. right now. But there's there's a lot of other companies that are doing these tents. Um, I don't know any of the names off the top of my head, um, but like as far as they're just rooftop tents. There you go. So there's tons of options out there. Do your research. Um, but I think overlanding, it, it's such a trendy, popular thing right now. It's basically like drive. It's like mild off-roading and camping. Yes. So there, I think that you can really get wrapped up in, in the overlanding scene and, and, I'm kind of a, a nerdy gadget guy sometimes, so it's hard for me not to want to buy all the little, like, the, the, the little trick little... Camp stove and all the yeah. little stuff that packs in tight and neat. Totally. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the money for that stuff and you just want to go overlanding, throw a tent in the back of your rig, get out there, and go have fun, yeah. you know, and then find a spot to camp. Um but there, that world has brought a lot of innovation to just neat little, uh, neat little things that are that are really cool to have. One of them that I saw, uh, I think we mentioned the show Dirt Every Day. Yes. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that, Fred and Dave are really neat. There, it's a fun show to watch it's on Motor Trend Network. It's like five bucks a month, um, and it's and you get like tons of different. They did an overlanding one and it had like a Conestoga wagon theme, right? And like, like the other, their, 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 it was cots. that military Jeep. Yes. And the cots would fold out sideways. I mean, it looked totally uncomfortable, but it looked like, and they did it. And it, I just love that about that show is it's the simple things. Everything's done. Not, I mean, like most of the stuff's done on the cheap side. They're not like going to companies and asking for these one-off products or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like, Hey, we built this frame that flipped down and with some chains and we put a, we slept on it. Yep. So that, one of the, one of the things that I saw in, in that, um, is Fred used this thing called a safety siphon. Um, have you heard of that? No, I, I no, think it's safety in. siphon. I kind of remember that and I'm talking about that. It's a little, it's a, a clear tube and it has this little brass fitting on one end that has a ball like a, a marble in it okay and you stick it in the you know the gas can as long as it's above the level of the tank you know filler neck and you basically like pump it in and out and the bead acts as a as a check valve so as you're you're pumping it in and out okay it brings fuel up and it starts the siphon, you know. Without you having to with, suck on the hose and get gas in your mouth. Exactly. I'll be down. And you can get them for like 25 bucks on Amazon. And so, you know, overlanding, if you are going to be going out in the woods or you're going to be going way out where you're going to need to carry extra fuel, having one of those safety siphons is going to be a great thing because then you don't have to like take your jerry can off of whatever mount you have sure and try to put a spout it. on it and then try and get it in you can just take your little safety siphon hose leave the can where it's at stick it in stick it in the tank and kick ass show for for stuff like that for info I, 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 and it's a good time their interactions are pretty stellar yeah it's good stuff what a what would you do if you you've got your bronco out there Yes. If you were to make that an overlanding rig, what wall would you do on it? I mean, it wouldn't take much as long. As, so, looking at it, I don't. I think you're right though. There isn't 
adequate. I mean, like to stretch out a mattress in the back of it. Which yeah, you, like you, would you hope and Lisa so. and the dogs are not going to be comfortable. It's, it's going to be a little tight. So, a just take a tent with you, throw it on the ground, go up to one of the Cascade Lakes. You know, take a sun shower with you. I would just want to make sure the rig would get from point A to point B on a rough road. Maybe, you know, we're not talking like rock crawling into these areas. It's a full-size Bronco. I mean, we're not going to like, it's not like a Toyota 4Runner on 60, on a 60, you know, yeah. on tons. Tons that, and 40s. Yeah, that we're like, you know, so I just picture it like going up to these, uh, in our area, the high cascade lakes that are all fire roads that sometimes can get really narrow, can get really rough, a locker, a winch, a good set of uh, tires, I think 37s, um, but we're going to go down that road on on obviously an 8.8. .8. It's not going to like it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, there could be some trouble. 8.8s are pretty tough. We'll, we'll find out. Um, so I, I that's how I look at it. I, I mean, it wouldn't be – onboard air is a have to, in my opinion, yeah. For, you know, if you're going to go go down that road and go, hey, I, I, I'm going to take it up camping and this and that, and I just want to get off the get off the beaten path, onboard air is always nice, regardless of, like, airing up tires, but, like, blowing stuff off before you put it away. I'm kind of a neat freak, so when we go camping, dude, I clean everything twice over, it seems like. Uh, and, you know, so that and some water storage, maybe, yeah. like, a nice tank in the back of it. Yeah, um, even like, you know, guys are doing those uh, basically DIY solar showers. They're yep. taking like the, the black PVC and putting caps on either ends, gluing them on, putting a fill and putting a spout, uh, gravity fed shower. And you can even have one like just for carrying, you know, clean drinking water. There is so much stuff out there, info for like simple uh camping overlanding if you want to call it that is functional and then there's like a ton of companies that make some really kick-ass products oh, i know yeah. like back in the day when we we're always racing we'd always take a sun shower with us which is just a just a, a, a bag. plastic bag that's black it has a spigot on it you hang it in a tree the sun bakes it and you got a fucking shower it's not rocket i mean it's like simple <laughs> and but yet now there's companies that are making them with pumps like they're a full like it looks like a cooler and wow. yeah, and they have a pump system in it and you can take a shower that way or you can you know, wa bring water for yourself or your dogs. Um, what about like, here's something for you. What about a, a refrigerator, a little fridge, a 12 volt fridge, man, that, that would up. be a good one to have. So oh, that maybe, or just an inverter and so you switch over, you know, do something like that. At, uh, you know, working at the fire department, um, we have, I work at a structural department, so wildland stuff isn't what we do all the time, but we have two brush rigs and we'll go on conflagrations and, you know, we'll, we can get stuck out there for 21 days and, or more, um, and each one of our rigs has a cooler full of water and Gatorade. And it was for the longest time, we're like, all right, got to ice down the coolers. When we ice them down, you put food in there and inevitably water gets into the food and it's all soggy but that's the only thing you have to eat so you're like yeah screw it i guess yeah. we're gonna eat this and then if you're out on a on a fire for a long time that ice melts like day one and then you just have soggy drinks and food and and it's all warm so i finally convinced our uh you know the the powers that be i'm like hey they came out with these 12 volt coolers um you can go with the fancy arb ones or like we kind of rolled the dice and got just a, an Amazon one okay. for half the price and it plugs in and it like you can have half of it be a freezer, half of it be a cooler. You can have the whole thing be a cooler 
and you can set the temperature on the on the little display on this cooler you can plug it into 12 volt you can take it out and plug it into 110 you know like your standard wall outlet wow it even has a battery protection system in it so that it can it basically monitors the battery voltage and if your battery voltage in your in your rig gets too low then it stops cooling so you don't have to worry about it drawing your batteries down too much that you won't be able to start your rig up you know the next day very cool so what's the name of that brand do you remember oh there's so many on amazon okay so you just look up 12 volt right. cooler I, I think this one was the bodega Ooh, so it's still working still lasting it's, still it's going still, strong still going strong and it you know i'm usually all for spending the extra money getting the the high quality stuff but there are times where I will try, you know, if it's half the price, I'm like, eh, I guess I can buy two or three of these for the price <laughs> of the, the the big name ones. I'll give it a shot. Nice. And if the first one breaks and it's like, okay, yeah, there's a reason. I would rather have that than just, uh, like you said, a, a cooler full of ice that shit gets soggy and wet. Nothing totally. pisses me off more than your bread getting nasty on yeah, a sandwich. Yeah, you buy a sandwich? Oh, dude, it sucks ass. I hate it. it not, not cool at all. It makes the camping experience super lame. And on that note, I would... Uh, you know, I would figure out a clean way to add a, a solar charger. Yeah. You know, even if you, even if it's not on all the time, but it's something that you can pull out and set up and be able to, you know, plug into your cigarette lighter or hook up to your batteries to, to keep the batteries on your rig topped off when you are stopped. That way you can use that 12 volt system to run things like a cooler, to yeah. be able to charge your phone or your cameras or, you know, when you're out, it, it used to be you go camping to like get away from technology, but a lot of people bring it with them to get away from people. I'm, I'm probably guilty of that one. I'll yeah, be honest with you. I yeah. think we all are. I For mean, sure. I, the only thing you cannot forget, the one thing you can is coffee. No. Hands down. Yeah, you can't. Everything else can pound sand. Coffee has to come with me. So. Oh, and whiskey too. No, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those two jet things boils, are good to go. Jet boils are really nice for doing your coffee. I've never used one. Uh, they have like this little fuel canister and they the way the it burns it it will heat up water really fast they're they're neat check them out jet boil on uh, it you know if you're not bringing your your actual camper and we're talking right. over landing so if you want I bare mean, you, minimum you yeah bare minimum this thing will fit it's not much bigger than like a you know like a 40 ounce water bottle uh those are really great that's what i see the climbers using yeah. That's what climbers use or like serious backpackers or hikers and stuff like that. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Just something small. You don't have to bring like even it, it's smaller than those, those, those little propane tanks that you use for like the cook stoves. Okay. And you can, you can get all sorts of different things for it. You know, you can make coffee, you can make soup, you can, uh, I think you can even get a pan that goes on it. Um, but yeah, those are great. And then I was going to note when we were talking about, uh, you mentioned a locker, a winch, um, me being from, as Devin would say, Eastern Oregon, I'm actually from Sorry. Central Oregon. Sorry, John, I didn't mean to, to geographically screw you. <laughs> uh, Central Oregon is, is just as it sounds, it's right in the <laughs> middle of Oregon. Just because it's east of Devon doesn't mean it's <laughs> Eastern Oregon. It's Eastern Oregon people, That's what, John's just ignorant to the fact. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, but... It is, we get a lot of snow in the wintertime and going out in the snow is a whole lot of fun, but we also have a bunch of people that move there that are from California. They're from areas where it doesn't snow and they don't realize that you can get royally screwed 
out in the snow you get stuck and if you're stuck way up in there and you already have oh sorry there's dog barking Uh um but if you already have like a a super capable rig think about who else has one more capable than you to get to where you are to be able to pull you out right so i like the winch the locker the other thing is those max tracks or some sort of tracks that you can stuff under your tires we have gotten so many things unstuck by using those when you can't get anything else in there that and airing down everyone Um, everyone talks about airing down and like guys that aren't into wheeling or off-road and stuff like that they always like panic when they're stuck can you listen to marston listen to that little badger dude he's just going off little shithead anyway airing down Oh, there must be something going on. There's something going on. Uh, anyway, so airing down is always a good one. Uh, on that note, dude, I think we beat that up pretty good. Yeah, and that's a fun one. I, I like that. I, I didn't think I was going to enjoy that as much as I did. I really uh, can't. Overlanding. Uh, it sounds like we have an intruder. Like, we need to, there's five dogs here, so we have to go wrangle our mutts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and before we close this out... Uh, we talked a lot about interior mods. We talked about IDI stuff. Um, if there are interior mods that you guys really like that you have done, we'd love to hear about them and love to see them uh, because there's so interior is a that's a big that's a big chunk of real estate on these trucks. For sure. Um, if you've got some cool ideas, send them our way. If you have uh, some good overlanding ideas and you have pictures of your overlanding rig, we'd love to post those and we, up. Yeah, we'll post them. We'll talk about them. Same thing with questions. Please, uh, if you guys want to hear something or if uh, there's some info on something you want to know, like I said, we're not experts on everything. If we don't know it, we'll talk to someone that uh, may know some more info on it. Um, uh, yeah, that being said, we will post up on that USB. We'll put that on on the website or on Do our uh, Instagram for people to see. Same with the brake controller. Yeah, we'll put those up for that way. We can we're we're kind of getting going on our Instagram page. We'll start being a little more uh, interactive on that. We apologize, um, but we'll f- start focusing on that. What we talk about, we'll post up that kind of stuff for people. We got we want you guys to have these avenues that we've found, or at least you know ex- you know the products that we've found that works. Um, if you find something that doesn't or you do find something that works better, let us know. We're always in for new ideas and that kind of stuff. So Yeah, trying to cultivate a, a resource Correct. for these things so that you don't have to listen to every single episode over and over again <laughs> to wait for the one clip. Like, what was uh, the name of that? Yeah. Oh, right there. I, and that's the other thing. Is like, we may go over things we already talked about, so we apologize. We're just a couple squirrels here, so we may... We may, we <laughs> may. ADD runs <laughs> rampant. It's bad. Um, other than that, so thanks a lot for listening along. Like I said, Devin from OBS Solutions with my partner in crime over there. John from Care Customs. Give us a like, uh, you know, review, and only five stars. And yeah. That's right. Hey, John, thanks for so much for coming over. Dude, thanks for having me, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next time. Later, everyone. Thanks so much. Adios.